0: Welcome to the Heads and Bet Show, where we teach you how to get more properties, earn more revenue per
1: property, and increase your occupancy. I'm your co-host, Conrad. And I'm your co-host, Paul.
0: All right. Hey there, Paul. How's it going?
1: Just fantastic today. Getting ready to have another fun episode. Not a whole lot of new news today. I do have a vacation coming up, so I'm a little excited about that. Although, as I've said to a lot of people on meetings today... I don't know if I'm going to be that much warmer in Florida than I am in Minnesota right now because we have, let's see here, 50 degrees as of almost 2 p.m. 2 this afternoon. So I might be, it's I'm not out, mad. Where, what you, where are you at right now? I got to be close-ish?
0: Yeah, no, it's nice out there. It was really nice this weekend. Sun. It was supposed to rain Saturday, or sorry, Sunday, so we went golfing Saturday. Got to get back out there, which was nice because I'd been snowed in. I'm joking about that. It was cold. It was cold enough to snow the last <laughs> week, but it didn't actually snow here. That's exceedingly rare. But yeah, we got back out there, and by ten eleven, the sun broke through, last seven holes. It was like, took off my top layer, which I hadn't done in a while, and almost regretted the pants. Not quite, but I got close to it. So yeah, fantastic <laughs> weather down here in the Carolinas. So. Can we keep this going. The global warming people are back. They were down for a minute there and they almost right. no buying into it and now they're back. It's like, you guys are right, global warming. I can't disagree. I can feel it.
1: A little bit. I'm just We're 10 degrees above normal for the whole winter and I use those air quotes really heavily right there. Yeah. So, yeah, that I don't understand. know. We'll see.
0: <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. It's a championship Monday, although the, I think this will be released next week. But I think before the yeah. Super Bowl, quick, we got to get it on recording so we can debate it later. Quick Super Bowl pick. Who do you think? Uh, Who do you lean towards? I-
1: I don't think it's it, Mr. Irrelevant versus Mahomes, Mr. MVP. I, yeah. I don't know. I can't bet against Mahomes. And I'm going to say you I'm going to not bet against his dad either because that's a former Minnesota twin there. So Pat Mahomes, <laughs> give it up there. There's a lot of love there. So I think it, like a former twin is his godfather. A lot of connections. So we're going to we're gonna ride Mahomes. I like
0: you? that. That's six degrees of Kevin Bacon storytelling <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there. Hey, man, like he's got a loose association. That's all good. That's I, I have to, to lean in your direction. I think here's the thing. I think the 49ers are a much better roster and team. But Agreed. I think that when it all comes down to it, there's five minutes left in the game and it's a close game. You got to go with a better quarterback, just objectively oh, speaking. I lean that mm-hmm. way. We'll see. I'm not talking points. I'm just talking straight winner. Oh, yeah. Like a, yep, yep. Mean Chiefs as well. Although supposedly it's like a two-point game, one-point game. It's almost a pick em. last pick and it might get to be a pick em as... That's coming. Last pickem was the Patriots Se- Seahawks Super Bowl. That was a pickem game, 2014. Mm. I remember that one distinctly for many good reasons. It can be <laughs> maybe it'll be a good one. That one was pretty entertaining. Obviously, not if you dislike Patriots, but just for inter- terms of pure football entertainment, came down to pretty much last play and a lot of drama. So let's hope there's some drama and some fun on this one. Absolutely. Maybe we'll do a Super Bowl like commercials recap episode. Yeah. I did see Verbo advertising heavily throughout the uh, championship game. I was seeing them pretty regularly on some of the things. So Verbo was like trying to edge into our audience set. So. Shout out to Verbo spending all that expedient money.
1: It's it's, it is. I've seen them. I've a lot of those ads, um, a lot of anti Airbnb, a lot of place to yourself type of security type of ads, which you got right. families watching those stations. It's, it's a way to go. So if there's an angle, I'm interested to see what they're going to do during the Super Bowl Cause both of those. Oh, wait, yeah. I wonder if they've done probably going to be present. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Airbnb loves to talk about brand advertising. I feel like Airbnb's advertising is pretty boring, though, at this point. It's like kind of the same stuff. I don't really know what their message is at this point, if I'm being honest. Like they've abandoned Live Like a Logo for a long time now, so I don't really know where they're going with things, but yeah, we'll see. We got a shorty today. Don't know how to transition that into the topic, so we'll just dive right (laughs) into it. We came up with this idea because we didn't have a lot of time to record today, candidly, but we also think it's a good topic for the listener. So here's the topic. Here's the premise of the topic. How to be a good client. Obviously, if you're listening to the podcast and Paul and I have been talking, we're saying things out there and we put out a lot of information in the world because we're trying to attract Mm -hmm. you as a client if you're listening. Spoiler (laughs) alert. That's part of the reason why we do the podcast. But we thought it'd be fun to do this one because there's an art and a little bit of a science and things like that. There's behavioral traits and things like that make you a good client or bad client. And I don't just mean purely in terms of Oh, we like working with you or dislike working with you because there's some demanding clients that I've had that despite the fact they're demanding and there's moments where I get a little frustrated, I still really enjoy working with them. We have a great working relationship, but there's also bringing the right information to the table and how can we be successful together? Now, here's the thing, this starting with the title of the episode, Paul, I use the term client, but you guys don't
1: use the term client.
0: Walk me through what you use, the term use and why maybe from books and end of things, how you've explained that origin story of that terminology.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so what we we don't have clients, we don't have customers, we have partners. And I think it is. It's really seeing it as we need to be partners in the success, knowing that there are a lot of moving pieces. And I, I think really candidly anybody could be could really use that type of terminology. And I think it is. It's a dedication to putting those customers, clients first or really trying to ensure that <clears throat> They're included. They're all hands in with you as well. And I think that's a huge part of the success of anybody you're working with in that way is that buy in, is seeing it more as a partnership as opposed to I'm going to tell you or you're going to tell me. It's that's, I think there's a give and take there in all successful partnerships when you're working as a a customer client. But yeah, we, I think we've really put an emphasis on that partner, partnership, partner first actions that we're taking, partner first communication all of that type of thing. So I don't know if it's a more personal aspect to it or or what, but I think all of that really allows us to gain a better understanding of, of, of really how we're doing the work that we're doing on your behalf for you. It is, it takes, it's a little bit of ownership on our side of things as well, but what are your thoughts there?
0: Yeah, I don't use that term, but I like the idea behind it a lot, I guess is my right. kind of you know finishing thought of it. And when I take mm-hmm. a client under my wing, I feel like, those are the same thought processes I have, even though I just feel like right. client is the right word. I went to dictionary.com. It's just client mm-hmm. just says like using the professional services of another provider. So I feel like that's what we're doing. We're providing a professional service, but to your point, it is partnership. So I do agree with that sentiment hundred percent, even if I don't use that word. Um, at this point, right. I feel like I'm just too stuck in my word. So I'm just going to keep using <laughs> my word, but it's more about how you treat people than the word you use. Yep. And I think that ultimately <clears throat> you're right. And, and for this partnership or for a agreement to be successful, it really does require things on both sides. So maybe that's my first thing, which is that when you sign up and you're having a marketing team help you, whether it's on the owner side, the guest side, or whatever you're doing, pricing, whatever contract service, your person you're working with. I think there's this sentiment among some people that we work with or have got the chance to talk to in the past that like you're handling everything. Whereas the way that I've always thought about it is that we're doing work with you. Like it's I always say done for you in terms of our deliverable approach is like we want to when you give me when we give you an email to approve. The subject line's done. The design is complete. The links are added. All the content has been checked. Like it's done, but it doesn't mean that we're just going to send it without you unless you explicitly tell us that's what you want to do because we don't know all the information that you know. So the fact that you should be carving out still 30 minutes in your day for email marketing, even though build up bookings is doing your email marketing, because ultimately you're going to have to take a look at it, provide feedback, maybe double check the links just to make sure we're human. We're trying not to make that mistake, but we're fallible. We don't always do things perfectly. And I think that whenever we have a client that's bad or isn't end as successful as they could be, I think it is that tend to disappear moment, right? When we're sending deliverables, when we're asking for things, when we need a particular asset or something like that, it doesn't always come in the reasonable timeframe. And then we're, our team is ready to go and we're not getting the right Mm -hmm. info on their side. So I think that communication of, and blocking time and realizing that I'm working with them, but they're doing things for me, but I still need to work with them. That's my mindset that I wish more clients would have on my
1: side. I would agree with that. And I, I think it's, maybe it's that expectation is that, I I think in some cases, the expectations that you are literally going to do it all for me and where that runs aground a little bit is that we can be really good at vacation rental marketing and and maybe marketing specific areas. But really, it's always about that. You are the local expert. We can put our expertise over top of that and and not even looking at that as a national brand type thing or anything like that. It's that. We know what works in this vertical. We know what works in this industry. You know what is especially important to travelers in your destination. If you don't, that's something that we have. We all have to come together and, and figure out what what's happening there. But it really is adding our strategies and our ideas to your expertise in order to drive really powerful campaigns. And I think that's where, when I've seen success both on the owner and the guest side, it is. It's that. Yeah, there's there should be a willingness to look over things, and proof those emails a little bit. Yeah, we're going to proof it, and no, and I think that's always the thing is that whenever someone catches an error or so, a small little detail, it's oh, aren't you proofing this? Yeah, of course, we're proofing this, but this is human. This is the human nature of of building out marketing materials, and that there are going to be some little things every once in a while. We're gonna we're we're gonna miss a period, we're gonna miss a word. We're, we're human. We're gonna try to catch it, and we don't want that going over to you, but you just like anything else, you are our second set of eyes, our third set of eyes, hopefully at that point, maybe a fourth or a fifth set of eyes. But just like anything else, the idea that there's no skin in the game there. I hope everybody feels like they should have some skin in the game. This isn't just on us. We've all had the opportunity to review and to make sure that what's going out is representative because the last thing you want to do, have that email go out, have that direct mail piece goes out that had something wrong. And we can all point to ourselves because everybody who <laughs> looked at it behind the scenes there at one point before it went out. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, I, I can't agree more. So I think <laughs> that being able to provide that feedback, realizing that it's a time to SMO sides and committing to that going in is not a, oh, I've signed inventory to do my owner marketing. I don't need to worry about this anymore. That's not true. That's not true. I've signed nope, to build to nope. do my email marketing, my SEO, et cetera. I don't need to ever look at anything anymore. That's not true if you want to be the most successful. Now, some clients have given Correct. us kind of carte blanche and I'm not. I feel like we've had success with some of those clients, but I don't really think it's necessarily optimal. I think that feedback loop is important. So I like that. Mm -hmm. But I'm pull out one word you said in success. That's my next one that that I had here on my list. Success (laughs) is somewhat fungible of a definite. What does success mean? When we set, excuse me, when we set rocks for ourselves and our team, we use the smart Mm -hmm. framework. So it's specific, measurable, realistic, time bound, and I'm missing one thing in there. But it's building out actionable, maybe. Yeah, it is actionable. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. The point is that when you describe a goal to someone, it should be by the end of Q1 2024, we will have reached 25 direct, 25% direct direct bookings by spending $15,000 on ads from January, February, March of 2024. So you're defining all the parameters in the goal when you're describing it to someone so that there's no... The, the goal of a, a SMART goal in my mind, we can sit there and figure out what the words are, but ultimately mm-hmm. what it means mm-hmm. is that you can give that to someone who's outside of our business and not working with BuildUp or not working with Conrad's cool cabin rental company. Show them the numbers show them the goal, and ask them if we hit the goal. See, the problem with a lot of clients is they'll come to us, they'll say something to the effect of, I want more direct bookings. (laughs) Okay. We could just, if you give me an unlimited eye budget, I can pretty much guarantee you I'll get you more direct bookings, right? the question then may become at what profitability level are you okay accepting a direct booking what assets do you have access to what are what more okay you did 25 direct bookings last January if I give you 26 are you cool or are you happy or do you expect you do want to keep it the same or do you expect to do 50 direct bookings or 35 what are your there's a lot of nuance there and what's important so I think that the the next thing that I see usually when we, once we get a little bit deeper in like the proposal process is you know, we can show you our pricing we can show you what we do we can give you different examples of course our case studies are always going to be like the biggest wins that we've had mm-hmm. but it's like what are your goals do they line up with your expectations. And I think that on the owner side, same thing, right? Like an owner, a growing vacational company wants every owner there is that, admits, that meets certain criteria. <laughs> but sometimes right. they don't define what those criteria is, nor do they define very well, okay, does that mean if I just get you one more home than last year, are you happy? Or do you expect 50 more or 20 more or 10 more or whatever the case may be? So I imagine we have the same problem, it's just different uh, parameters yeah. to the problems. But yeah, anything to add on I, to that?
1: I think you, you've hit it down on the head. I think it's important to have those goals up front And making sure that it's clear right away. And if the goal isn't accurate, it's incumbent upon us or not realistic. It's incumbent upon us to make sure that we are resetting that expectation so that three months down the road, six months down the road, we have something to measure to. We have something that, hey, now we were again three homes, six homes, 12 homes, something like that. Okay. 12 homes and a quarter. That's pretty aggressive, but how can we get there? And what steps can we take to make sure that we are achieving those goals? I think you can still have, I I think it's for our side, it's on the EOS side, because that's what we're using. It's rocks versus like a completion of a task, some type of thing where your rock is going to be this big overarching goal that you're trying to hit, but it's the steps that you take. Here, we're going to launch five direct mail campaigns. We're going to do a digital campaign. We're going to do a homeowner referral campaign. We're going to do all these steps. These are the things that are tangibly going to lead up to that goal. And I think as long as you're setting those setting those key results along the way, you're you're able to point and and achieve that goal more effectively or measure that goal more effectively as well.
0: Yeah. I think that's the piece that really is frustrating at times for us. And this is my example, a bad client situation. And this has happened to us over the years where we get to month three, month four check-in and we see great numbers. Like from our perspective, like we're happy. Hey, tw- we, I just had a meeting earlier today. Traffic was up 25% year over year. <laughs> organic right. wise, And this was already a site tra- yep. like that was doing well. It wasn't like a, Oh, I went from five visitors to seven. This was, it was already doing 30,000 visitors a month. And we brought it up nice. even more since we've been working nice. with them. So very happy. But to be fair, I'll be honest here too, the bookings weren't up that much. So I'm like, we got a lot of additional eyeballs, but those eyeballs haven't really converted that much more into bookings. We're up some modest percent, five, 10%, something like that. And I said, let's also look internally here. What we're doing is obviously giving us more traffic, but Mm -hmm. it's not converting into more bookings. And then we do a little bit more digging and we realize one or two of our best performing properties are gone since last year. I go back and look and some of those properties were in fact the most popular ones that they got bookings on last year. They had pretty nice e-commerce tracking. So again, this is all information, right? We got to have the right goals set up and we have to be willing to adapt. We can't just say, this is also something I dislike when it comes to setting these goals, just pulling something out of your tail, so to speak, and just going, yeah, we're at right. fit. we're at 25% direct bookings. We really want to be at 75. That would be nice. Okay, here you go. 75% direct bookings by the end of the year is our goal. But well, it is smart, like in terms of like specific, <laughs> but it's not realistic, right? Back to the the R piece of smart, realistic. We have to figure out a path where, okay, what activities are we doing today that, are mat- that brought us to 20% direct bookings? And if we double them, like it's reasonable to assume that we maybe will get a little bit more, but it may not be linear. It may just be that because we spent double the time, doesn't guarantee we're going to get double the outcome. I think those, these few things, I got one more here for us because we agreed that we won't go over. So I know we're on a tighter (laughs) time. It's like what you said, like this idea of partnership, it's collaboration. And I think it's collaboration where we get some of the facts out of the way first. And then we talk a little bit more nuanced about what the actual goals are, what's going on in the business and stuff like that. So I really love a monthly call when the clients book the monthly calls, they attend the monthly calls. And the first, like maybe third, somewhere in that range is a little bit more of the, all right, let's just get the numbers out. Let's just Mm -hmm. all agree on what happened last month. Okay, everyone's on the same page here. You guys know what's going on. Great. Now we've got two thirds of this call left. What are we going to do about it? If they're great numbers, we should just probably be doing more of what we're doing. And some of these calls that go in, I'm like, let's spend more money. The ads are working. Let's spend more. What, who do we have to ask? What approval do we have to get to spend three thousand dollars this month instead of two thousand? Because two thousand was really good. Or on the other side, it could be, hey, things aren't going well. What can we do about it? Our conversion rate isn't great. The call this morning. What can we do about it? We can adjust this. We can adjust this, and so on and so forth. So, that, going back to your partnership comment, I think that's the piece that I want to end on my side here, which is that setting realistic goals, being great with communication, and collaborating with that agency team is going to lead you to the best outcome. And all the client relationships we have that don't go as well as we would like, or as the client was like, I feel are lacking pretty severely in one of those three areas, for sure.
1: But it is that collaboration on those calls. I think that's, it's it's critical. I, I think if you're spending an hour on with your agency, and they're just talking about the numbers with you for an hour and not getting into anything strategic, just something to read there. Just yeah, get, yeah like, exactly. Yeah, then 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 take the, the data studio, the slideshow, whatever it is, and just yeah. read it. Because here's the that that's the thing. It it does have to be a team, yeah. You know, that we say we say partnership, collaboration of some kind. It's not it's not just one side talking to the other, it's it's both sides talking and communicating in a way that pushes the goals of the partner, the com- customer, the client forward. That's ultimately what we're looking to do, what we want to do. And having that collaboration is going to make it a whole lot easier on our end. Mm-hmm.
0: Couldn't agree more. Some, some final thoughts on my side before we wrap this one. I know we had a shorty today, but it was fun to get some of these thoughts out there. You got to be nice to my team. People that are not nice to my team. <laughs> it's like an immediate, like they're on, like we skip one strike. We go straight into two strikes when someone's rude there to someone on go. my team. That's legit. So if you want to be a good client, don't ever be rude to someone that's on my team. Because that's going to be an immediate, like you're already, like I said, you're already two strikes in. We all have bad days. So I'll give you one for free. I get it. Yep. We're people. We're humans. I've made mistakes like that before too. But the moment you do it again, you're done. And I have no qualm firing clients. Like it doesn't. In fact, my team usually celebrates when I fire a client because they've usually been treated poorly before <laughs> and, yeah. they, and they, and I only heard about one or two. So when I hear about it, usually it's because one or two little things were said before and it went the wrong direction. And a final thought, don't pay late. Like nothing, nothing excites me more than the client whose payment card goes down and they message me proactively and go, Hey, my payment card went down. Let me head, go ahead and fix it. Clients on auto pay things like that. Let's be honest, your agency, they're probably struggling with cash flow. So when you delay their payment and you make the, founder of the agency or someone inside the accounting department of a larger company chase you for payments it bothers them pay your people on treat treat the people right if they're not delivering for you you have every right to be share your feedback with them but don't attack people mm-hmm. on the team that always is a thing for me pay your invoice on time we have reasonable payment terms i think most people in our space do pay people on time and i'm gonna fight for you because i know you're gonna take care of me when it comes to all the work that we do for you so those are some two few final thoughts along with everything else but yeah those this was a fun one paul shorty so if you like this kind of episode more of like behind the scenes of the yeah. agency side what we're doing send us a message we'd be happy to do more of these types of episodes but yeah thanks for listening championship podcast here recorded we will come back at you next week with a little bit more of a marketing topic and we appreciate you and your time so thanks for listening to the heads of metro thanks so much